When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? The No Huddle Show. We're here to talk about week one. Can't believe it's finally that time. Feels like fall outside. Eagles at Redskins this weekend. You ready, Matt? First football Friday of the year, Elliot. Does it get any better? I know. It's crazy. You can really feel it around Novacare, too. I mean, I, last time we talked with the season preview, but before that time when it was just me and you, we were talking about final cuts, and they made all those, and I don't think there was a ton of ton of surprises there. But, yeah, now that they're here and they're going to play the Redskins, I'm excited to see what this team's all about. And before we get into Eagles-Redskins, i got to make an admission. Last time we talked, I picked them to go 8-8 eight and eight when it was me, you, and Joe on the season preview. I took on the other side of the fence. I'm ready. I'm picking them to make the playoffs. I'm in. NFC champions, 2017 Eagles. I just I think I think Carson Wentz is going to get it done from this year. I saw that this morning and almost fell out of my chair when I yeah. was reading it because every time we've talked, you've been on the fence, you've been leaning towards them missing the playoffs, you've been when I say they're going to go nine and seven and miss the playoffs, you think I'm this sky pie in the sky optimist, and here you are a couple days before week one, and you're changing your opinion. Well, here, here's how I think I got that. First is. I think when you look around the division, these other teams are much more flawed than I realize. Like, I think sometimes I'm so focused on talking about the Eagles, I don't realize, like, yeah, the Eagles do have issues at running back. But outside of Ezekiel Elliott, there's not really any good running backs in this division. And the Eagles have their flaws. But I think when you look around the division, and I want to get your take on this. Sure. I think when you look around the division, the Eagles don't have a f- the fatal flaw other teams do. Like, the Giants' offensive line is terrible. And I'm not sure the Eagles, When if you include the safeties in the secondary and you don't just look specifically at the cornerback position, I'm not sure the Eagles have a fatal flaw on this team. Well, we just talked about two, right? Cornerback, I don't think you can overlook. Ronald Darby, by at least my view, looking at his rookie year, has a chance to be a legitimate number one lockdown corner. Mm -hmm. But as you've pointed out, he hasn't been good in his second year. He had a really tough showing against a bigger wide receiver in Devontae Parker of the Dolphins in the third preseason game. I think cornerback is still an unknown. And as much as we want to say that the Eagles are set at offensive line, they really struggled during this preseason. They did not play well. So I look at cornerback as a fatal flaw. I look at offensive line as a borderline question mark. I'm a little higher on the wide receivers than you are, yeah. but I'd be real interested to see what you think the fatal flaw of a team like the Redskins is this week, or if we just want to say the Cowboys' defense is their flaw. I think that the talent they have on offense with that line at quarterback and at wide receiver is going to really make that an interesting team to watch because even if the defense gives up 28, 30 points a game, I don't doubt that they can go punch for punch with any team in the NFL with how much talent See, they have. I just think the Giants – so 
two things. One, I don't think the Cowboys are winning the division just because they've, they've always had trouble repeating. They lost players on defense. They're going to be missing Ezekiel Elliott. So for me, it came down to the Eagles and the Giants. And to me, the Giants offense, first of all, the Giants offense is not good. They, I know they have skill. They have skilled receivers, but they were not a good offense last year. I don't see Brandon, Mar- Brandon Marshall coming in and changing things too drastically there. And the offensive line is bad, and Eli was not good last year. And one of the things that really swayed me was I looked up and I said, all right, if Carson Wentz has the best season this year of any quarterback in the NFC, what does that mean? And I looked, and of the last 11 NFC East championship champions, Nine of those years, the, the team that won the NFC East had the quarterback that had the best quarterback rating among all the NFC East quarterbacks. So to me, that says this. Yeah, the Giants' defense is good, but very rarely in the NFC East has a defense been able to carry you to the title. You have to have strong quarterback play, and I don't think the Giants are going to get that this year. Now, I'm taking a leap of faith saying Carson is going to do that because – as we've discussed here, his numbers last year were not great. He had moments in the preseason. I think we can both agree he's been pretty good. He's looked like an improved player. So I am taking a leap there, but I just think Carson is ready to take that big leap forward. And obviously it all starts this Sunday against the Reds. Sure. As we, if we just go by those metrics, top quarterback rating in the NFC East, I think there's a chance Kirk Cousins could post yeah. that. I mean, he you has Terrell Pryor, Jamison Crowder. Yeah. Hey, he still has a, an elite tight end. And that offensive line, I think, is on par with the Eagles' offensive line. I did a breakdown for this week's game on the site where I broke down every player at every position in Eagles-Redskins and then mm-hmm. looked at who had the advantages where. And I look at the offensive line as being one of those areas that it's pretty even. You look at Trent Williams going to the Hall of Fame, Jason Peters going to the Hall of Fame. Eagles offensive line has been inconsistent in the preseason. I think Cousins has a chance to take a big leap forward this year. I don't think Dak Prescott is going to take this regression that some people think he's going to. And it comes down to Wentz being more consistent and being a more mechanically sound passer, a better decision maker, and being more consistent than he was a year ago. And if he does all those things, I agree with you. I think that they're in the mix to make the postseason. That's why I have them going nine and seven. But I, I don't think that the Cowboys are going to come as far back down to earth as some people think they will. And I, I think the Giants offensive line aside, I, I don't know. Eli is going to fall off a cliff. They did draft a tight end in round one. You know, you brought in Brandon Marshall, who I might be a little bit higher on than you are. And the running back situation between the Eagles and Giants is about the same. Eagles have a little bit of an edge with Darren Sproles, but I, I just look at this division and I think that it's, it might be the most competitive in football, and I don't yeah. know that the Eagles are complete enough to come out on top of those four Well, teams. see, my thing is I think you could convince me any of these teams to win the division because I agree with you, and we'll talk about the Redskins in a minute, and I do want to get to that, but I agree with you. All four teams have their strengths and their, and their, and their weaknesses, and I think they're all very even, and that's why at the end of the day, if I'm going to pick between four even teams, I'm going to pick the quarterback that I have the most faith in going into next season, and to me, that – That is Wentz or Kirk Cousins. And that was going to be my next question is that if you look across this team, where can you say that they have a sure thing? And we can look at the the defensive line maybe, but I know that, you know, Vinnie Curry has been an issue. He really struggled last year and he's been very inconsistent in the preseason. Derek Barnett is probably going to take close to 50% of the snaps, I would assume, opposite Mm -hmm. of Brandon Graham. But outside of the defensive line, I can look at every position group and say, there's a real question mark there, except for maybe tight end because I think Zach Ertz has a chance to be a top five tight end this year as he was last last season. So 
I just look at this team and I can say that Dallas, when Ezekiel Elliott is on the field, number one running back in football, number one offensive line in football, quarterback, probably at or better than where the Eagles are. The Redskins, equal offensive line to the Eagles, equal wide receivers. And, you know, you look at these four teams, I just don't know that the Eagles have that sure thing you can count on to lift them in close games against a division opponent. Yeah, I mean, look, this weekend we're going to find out. This yep. is, you know, I'm one for hyperbole, so I'm not going to kill people that have been saying this, but a lot of people are saying this is week one must-win game. So let's get into breaking them down position by position looking at it. Before we do that, though, I got on Joe about forgetting this last time, so I at least want to make sure I remind you guys, yes, this is a no-huddle show, and if you're not subscribed already, you should be. Um, we really appreciate everyone that's been subscribing since we started doing this a month ago. Numbers are way up, so I do appreciate everyone subscribing and listening. So go ahead and subscribe. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio. Google Play, and Spreaker. So you can go and subscribe, and once you do, leave us those five-star reviews. We really appreciate it. We always enjoy reading them. Even the people that give us one star because they think we're too negative, I just picked <laughs> them to win the division. So let me get those five stars now off that. But no, I mean, I, I do appreciate everybody doing that. So, all right, let's get into the Redskins. So this Sunday, 1 o'clock FedEx Field, Eagles open the season at the Washington Redskins. First, let, let's just talk about this. Is this a must-win game? You know, a lot of people have talked about this this week. I don't see it as being a quote-unquote must-win game. But, Elliot, you look at the first month of the season where you go at the Redskins, at the Chiefs, come home for the Giants, then go out west to take on the Chargers – And then you go to the final month of the season where you have those back-to-back games, Seattle and L.A., back-to-back on the West Coast. Then you have to come home and go to the Giants. Then you finish out at home with the Raiders and the Cowboys. If you don't go 2-2 and in the first month and and 2-2 in the last month of the year, I don't know how you make the postseason. I don't know how you win 9-10 games, which is what I think it's going to take to win the division or win a wild card in the NFC. So, well, I think that You know, it's way too early to say it's a must win. And I said it on Tuesday during our season preview show. I look at week three against the Giants, particularly after last night's game with the Chiefs coming back and blowing out the Patriots. I look at week three as that litmus test game. You you can take or or make or break this game week one, but I think you need to come out somehow, some way, one and two after the first three weeks. So your season's really going to slide out of control. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's hard. It's not a must win game. The Eagles can lose this game. They can lose their first two games, and they can still make the postseason. We saw last year with them starting 3-0 and and then going, I think, 2-9 and over a stretch. So, yeah, I mean, look, they're, they don't have to win this game. That being said, I think it is a very important game, and here's why. One, because you're on the road against a divisional opponent, so a loss also gives you a loss in the division. Two, you've lost to this team five straight times. So I think there's something to be said for if you go up and lose again and the secondary looks bad – Maybe Alshon doesn't have a good game. Wentz doesn't play well. I think this could be a, 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 a tone-setting game. You go up there. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, if you go up there and you win, I think then you really could see this team kind of start to take off. I think it would be a confidence builder. I think it would be good for them to see everything get together and see the pieces all working. Um, I mean, look, if they lose to the Redskins, it's not a bad loss because I think the Redskins are very on par with yep. the Eagles. And anytime you go into division on the road – it's tough to say that's a you know a, a bad loss, especially when this Eagles team struggled on the road last year, which is another component of getting a win there. Getting a win at FedEx Field, a place they've struggled, I just think it would be a good. It would just it would start the season off on a very high note, and I think a loss, while it wouldn't wreck the season, I do think then all of a sudden because as you said, then you're going to Kansas City, then you have 
the Giants. And I think out of these first three games, you can make the argument the Redskins are the one you should win. Even though the Giants are at home, I think the Giants are a slightly better better team than the Redskins. No, I agree. If, if you win this game, you, you set the tone for the rest of the year. You buy yourself a little bit of margin for error because like we talked about on Monday, that schedule is – it's manageable in the middle portion, but the first four games and the last four games are literally murderer's row yeah. in terms of trying to build some momentum. So to tuck away a division game, a division victory early would be huge, but I just look at these matchups, Elliot, and I can look at cornerback versus wide receiver, the cornerbacks for the Eagles against the bigger, more physical, mm-hmm. speedier wide receivers of the Redskins. I look at Kirk Cousins, 12 touchdowns, three interceptions, a passer rating, of 102.9 over the last five games they've played against each other. I look at Brandon Graham against Trent Williams. I look at the the fact that Rob Kelly rushed for almost six yards per carry, 5.8 yards per attempt against this team last year. And I really struggled to find that matchup where the Eagles are going to take advantage of it, and that's yeah. going to be what propels them to a victory. So let's go into each matchup. We'll, we'll talk about all, everything you just said, essentially. Break it down position by position. Yep. But before we do, um, as I said at the top of the podcast, I think we've been so focused on the Eagles, at least I know I have been, that you know you don't really know. I, I, I had to do a lot of research on the Redskins this weekend. So I just wanted to say a few things about them for those listening that might have been as well focused on the Eagles' 53-man roster. So... The Redskins are, in a lot of ways, a much different team than they were last year. I mean, they've lost to Sean Jackson and Pierre Garçon. Both had over 1,000 yards last year. They lost defensive lineman Chris Baker. But they did bring in some people. They brought in Terrell Pryor. And now with Terrell Pryor, Josh Doxson, and Jameson Crowder have a very still good receiving core. It's not a lot of times you can lose two 1,000-yard receivers and still say you have one of the better receiver units in the division. They signed two defensive linemen, Terrell McClain, Stacey McGee, a new safety in DJ Swearinger, and they brought in linebacker Chris Carter. So this team had a lot of turnover. They drafted Jonathan Allen, a guy I know you liked a lot coming yep. out of the draft, fell to him because of concerns about his shoulder. But from what I've seen of him from watching the preseason games, it seems like he looked perfectly healthy. So. He's starting. He's, yeah. he's their starting right defensive end. So you're going right. to see a lot of him on Sunday, and you're probably going to see a matchup against Jason Peters. Yeah, and then I like their second-round pick, a guy I know the Eagles brought in, linebacker Ryan Anderson out of Alabama. Yep. He's kind of a 3-4 type guy, so he's a good fit for them. Um, and then Fabian Moreau, their, their third-round pick out of UCLA, might have been a first-round pick, if not for an injury. Um, so they, they did have a very good draft. Um, and then they got Samaji Perine, the running back out of Oklahoma, you can make the argument he might be a better long-term prospect than um, Wendell, Wendell Smallwood, Donnell Pumphrey, or Corey Clement. So I think they had a very strong draft. As we've said on this podcast, we'll see what the rookies can do. But they are, in my opinion, an improved team upon last year, which is amazing considering, I agree. considering they lost to Sean Jackson. So let's start at the quarterback position. Um, and I guess for each one, let's just kind of say if you think the Eagles have the better quarterback or the Redskins do, we'll talk about the matchups there. Yep. So Kirk Cousins – the eagle killer. I mean, the eagle killer. <laughs> What's your take on Kirk Cousins? I well, I actually wrote this on the site this morning, Elliot, where I broke down every single position and every single player. I gave the Redskins the edge at quarterback simply because you look at his numbers. 102.9 passer rating in the last five games. 12 touchdowns, three interceptions. And I know that everybody's going to say that was with Deshaun Jackson and that was with Pierre Garçon, but I don't see that much of a drop-off when you substitute Terrell Pryor for Deshaun and Jamison Crowder for Garçon. 
alone. And oh, by the way, Jordan Reed wasn't fully healthy in the mm-hmm. two times the Eagles played him last year. He's on the field. He's starting this year. That's another weapon. And I know the Eagles cover the tight end position very well, but you put a full complement of weapons behind Kirk Cousins at home, an angry, pissed off, motivated Kirk Cousins, by the way, against yeah. a team that he tends to play historically well against. I think the, Cous- the Cousins versus Wentz matchup, I have to give to the Redskins here. Yeah, I agree. As I, I mean, look, I started the podcast saying how high I am on Wentz, but at this point, there's two, there's two Kirk Cousins. There's a Kirk Cousins versus everybody else, and there's a Kirk Cousins versus the Eagles. I mean, I still remember him coming in here Lincoln Financial Field two years ago, throwing four touchdowns to clinch the division for the Redskins. Kirk Cousins is an underrated quarterback. He's a very, he's a very good quarterback. I don't think people view him as a franchise type player yet. Clearly, the Redskins don't, since they're not trying to, they haven't signed him long term, and they've, you know, messed that whole situation up. He's a very good quarterback. There is no shame in to going to on the road and losing to Kirk Cousins. As you mentioned, he's been an absolute Eagles killer. The Eagles secondary has improved, but I still think I like the matchup of Kirk Cousins versus the Eagles secondary. I think he has the advantage there. Yeah, and I also think that, yeah, the Eagles secondary has improved, but this is still Ronald Darby's first regular season game after – Two and a half, three weeks of training camp. Patrick Robinson in the slot or dropping Malcolm Jenkins down into the slot when you're in the nickel. You're going to be working Corey Graham back there alongside Rodney McLeod. It's going to be really interesting to see this group come together. And this is a a daunting, you know, challenge and daunting task to have this secondary, its first test against Cousins and and those wide receivers for Washington. And I think one of the key matchups is going to be in my opinion, Patrick Robinson versus Jamison Crowder, the Redskins slot receiver. Crowder was very good last year. He was one of the better uh, slot receivers in the NFL. I think he actually led the Redskins in touchdowns. So he is a threat out of the slot. Patrick Robinson has kind of had a rebirth on this team after moving to the slot. I think we both agree when he was on the outside, he was not playing well, might have not made the team. Yeah. Now that he went into the slot, a, a place he has played well in actually throughout his career, he's played it a limited amount of time, but when he has, he's done well in it. I'll be very interested to see because I know one of the reasons they like Patrick Robinson in the slot is because last year with with the lack of a slot, um, I'm sorry, a nickel cornerback, the Eagles had to move Malcolm Jenkins up. And for as good as Jenkins is at some things, speed is not his game anymore, especially this late in his career. So they, they like Patrick Robinson up in the nickel because of his speed against these smaller, quicker slot receivers. And they're going to get the test for that right out of the gate. Yep. If Patrick Robinson can hold his own against Crowder. That's going to be a complete game changer for the Eagles. But on the outside is where the Eagles, I think, are going to run into some difficulty. Terrell Pryor, both big and fast. Um, I know Darby has speed. Jalen Mills is going to do well, in my opinion, this season against physical receivers. But Pryor is also fast. So that's going to be a potential issue for Mills. And then we saw it in the preseason, and you mentioned it a few minutes ago. Darby struggled against Devontae Parker, and he had three or four. I mean, I think Parker had four or five inches on Darby. Yep. Pryor's just as big. He's six four. Yeah, yeah. So he's a legit six four. I mean, he you know he was a quarterback. Like he has quarterback height, but he's got receiver athleticism. So I really don't like the eagle the matchup for the Eagles of the Redskins receivers versus the Eagles cornerbacks. Totally agree. So for all the talk about the secondary being improved potentially, I do think this is going to be a rough week for them. And part of that issue is, and now let's get into the defensive line versus the Redskins offensive line. The issue with the issue this year is the Eagles secondary is going to need people. They're going to need the defensive line to play well because they don't have it in them to cover guys for four or five seconds. And I think the defensive line will. And I'm really high on on bringing in 
Tim Jernigan alongside right. Fletcher Cox. And I think that what we saw in the preseason was those guys are just going to provide all kinds of A-gap pressure. And then mm-hmm. when you have Brandon Graham on the outside, this isn't the week that I think you're going to see Brandon Graham shine playing up against Trent Williams. But I'll be real interested to see what you get out of Derek Barnett because I think he's going to play close to 50% of the snaps, 40 45% of the snaps in his first game. Mm-hmm. And there's opportunity there. And if, if you're getting pressure up the middle on Cousins and you're getting Barnett coming off the edge against Cousins, that is certainly going to help the Eagles secondary. And that that's going to be one of those real matchups. And I know that it's always cliche to say that, you know, games are won and lost in the trenches. But as far as the Eagles go, particularly in this game, it's going to come down to how much pressure can you generate with that front four and how much do you blitz to get after Cousins? Because if he has time in the pocket, it's it's going to be you know, a, a surgical pinpoint oh, yeah. accuracy show for him uh, with his wide receivers against these corners. And this is a game where Fletcher Cox is going to have to earn his money. My biggest criticism of Fletcher Cox last year was, all right, you got paid $64 million guaranteed. Go out and show me you can dominate each week. The Redskins, as you mentioned, Trent Williams might be the best left tackle in the league. They're, and the right side is not that bad either. Morgan Moses had a pretty good year last year. And then, you know, we'll see how the other, the other defensive ends can do. As you mentioned, Barnett, Vinnie Curry, Chris Long. Those guys all have potential. I mean, Chris Long potential at this point is maybe not the word to use, but those guys are all at least average defensive ends, so we'll see how they do against them. But to me, look, the Redskins' interior of their offensive line is pretty good too. The center, uh, Spencer Long, is very good. The guard, Brandon Schrift, is very good. The other guard is good. So we need to see Fletcher Cox and Timmy Jernigan get pressure up the middle. And if they don't, as you mentioned, it's going to be a long day. You pay Fletcher Cox to win his matchup. We've heard all offseason he's going to get more one-on-one matchups because of how because of Timmy Jernigan. So now let's see if that happens. If 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 Cox is double key, double team, then I need to see Timmy Jernigan get pressure. And I think that that's one of those areas where you just said it that Jernigan's presence there is going to help this line when Fletcher Cox is getting double teamed. And and if Jernigan winds up being a guy who is a defensive tackle, gets six or seven sacks this year, even if Cox can't replicate that success, but you can say the double teams helped free up Jernigan, Mm -hmm. then I think it's almost, you can almost make the argument that Fletcher Cox is worth that money because of the impact he has on the matchups for his teammates. Yeah, I just think this is, look, this is the week you got to see it because last year, as good as, look, we both talked about this defensive line a ton. But last year they were inconsistent. They, you know, the, some games they were dominant, other games they were invisible. This team, they need to come out the gate and have a good game. You know, they've been called the best defensive line in football, and that's not just by people that cover this team. That's by national outlets saying how good this this uh, defensive line can be. The Redskins have a good offensive line. It's not an elite offensive line. It's a very good offensive line. But the the Eagles need to come out and do that. So, all right, who do you like in that matchup? The Eagles defensive line versus the Redskins offensive line. I give a slight edge to the Eagles defensive line, but I I think it's going to be one of those, like we said, it's going to be one of those matchups that determines the outcome of the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm actually going to go slight edge to the Redskins offensive line just because I need to see it. I need to see the Eagles defensive line come out and do it. And this is not the type of offensive line where you're just going to be, you're going to be able to, to get it handed to you. They're going to have to win this matchup, and it's going to be a tough one. And if they do it, we'll sit here on Monday or Sunday after the game and say, look, maybe this defensive line is legit. So, all right, we've kind of talked about the Eagles, um, talk about the you know defensive line versus offensive line. Let's talk about the Eagles' offensive line versus the Redskins' defensive line. Um, 
they run a three, four, the yep. Redskins do, uh, obviously we all know. What, so we'll, we'll kind of include the linebackers there as well. Cause you know, they're the pass. Rushers. Right. You got Ryan Kerrigan right. coming off the edge against Lane Johnson. And I think having Lane back, you think back to last year at FedEx Elliott, the first time these two teams played, it was the first game of Lane Johnson's suspension and it didn't go well. No. Carson went sacked five times, two and a half given up by Halapulavidi Vitae in his first game filling in for Lane. And we had Lane on the podcast and, you know, I had the conversation with him one-on-one and he said that this is the matchup he circles on the calendar every year is lining up against Ryan Kerrigan. This is where I think the Eagles get a little bit of an edge because you get Lane Johnson back, you have Jason Peters, but we watched in the preseason, particularly in the third game, when Wentz was getting knocked around by Ndamukong Sue, knocked around by Cameron Wake, running for his life in the pocket against the Dolphins. This offensive line hasn't, at least in this summer, replicated the kind of success that it's had in years past. But the fact that you have Lane Johnson back and healthy, I think you give a slight edge to the Eagles offensive line against the pass rush and the defensive line of the Redskins. But it's not... It's not an overwhelming edge. I think it's a toss-up here with Lane Johnson being the difference maker. So I think the Eagles offensive line does have the advantage here. Jonathan Allen, to me, is a bit of a wild card just because he has played well in the preseason. But again, just like we say with Barnett, he's a rookie. It's his first game. We'll see what you get from him. I think Kerrigan has the has an edge over Lane. But I do think the rest of the Eagles offensive line should be able to handle the Redskins defensive line. I mean, opposite of Kerrigan, they're going with Preston Smith. Uh, who is an outside linebacker, but essentially will be a defensive end for all intents and purposes, was not a good pass rusher last year. 34 pressures and 351 passing pass rushing snaps last year. So he he was not able to get consistent pressure. I think when you have Lane and then you'll have Brandon Brooks next to him, I think they, they, they'll they be able to help. I think they'll, the Eagles will leave. Maybe, you know, uh, Corey Clement has been decent as, as a pass uh, and pass protection this year for a running back. Maybe you put um, Brent Selleck out there to help Lane with Kerrigan. So I think they'll be able to handle Kerrigan. I, and then I think the rest of the Eagles offensive line will be able to handle this Redskins defensive line. So I think for all of our concerns about the Eagles offensive line in the preseason and how they played, I think prior to the preseason, you would have looked at this Eagles offensive line and said they're a strength of the team. I think totally they will, agree. I think they, I think they'll show that this week. I think Wentz will have time to sit back there and, uh, and pass. So. And if he does, that's going to be huge because that's going to set up big plays down the field to Torrey Smith. That's going to set up some plays underneath the Zach Ertz. I'm going to be real interested, Elliot, to see what happens in this Alshon Jeffrey versus well, yeah, Josh let, Norman right, So matchup. let's get into that. So yep. before we do, though, I think, all right, so I'm going to say the Eagles offensive line has the advantage over the Redskins' defensive pass rushers in general. Do you agree with that? Or are you, you yeah, know? I think the Eagles have a slight edge. I, okay. I don't think it's going to be – a dominant road grading performance where you get 120 yards rushing on the ground mm-hmm. and you keep Wentz upright all day. But I think they're going to be just good enough to give Wentz the kind of time that he needs to operate. All right. So let's talk about the matchup everyone's been talking about all week. Eagles receivers versus Redskins secondary. And obviously the main one there is Alshon versus Josh Norman. Alshon, not really one for talking, did talk about a little bit this week. And just yeah, I talked to him on Monday <laughs> and he said, you know, you, you talk about Josh Norman being this talkative physical cornerback. Alshon told me that he likes and prefers to let his talking on the field right. do the talking, his yeah. play rather than trash talk. And he even said that what I thought was interesting, that when you look at Josh Norman, when he talks – 
it's usually like he has something personal, like with Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. or other receivers. But Alshon said he's going to go into this game like he did a year ago where he had 93, 93 receiving yards against Norman while he was with the Bears and let his play do the talking rather get suckered in to the back-and-forth trash talk that Norman has become known for. And to me, this is the type of game, kind of like how I said with Fletcher Cox, this is the game, the, this is the type of game the Eagles signed Alshon for. Last year, the receivers were an issue. They go out, they give Alshon $9.5 million with the potential to go up to 14. Week one, on the road against an elite cornerback, divisional opponent. Alshon's got to show up. Look, it's his first game, so I think there's a little bit to be said for that. But if Alshon is this number one elite receiver everyone's been telling me is he is, if he is this dominating top 15 guy, let's go out and see him beat Josh Norman. I yeah. mean, it's a matchup he's won before. Yep. Um, Pro Football Focus put out a good article kind of stating, kind of explaining how the routes Alshon runs are the one Josh Norman struggles with. So, I look, this is a matchup Alshon should win. If we're talking about the, if we're talking on Sunday or Monday after the game and he only has three catches for 40 yards and the Eagles lose, I think it'll be extremely fair to criticize him because he's supposed to be this guy. And when you sign a one-year deal, you're supposed to make immediate impact. This isn't a five-year deal. The Eagles brought Alshon in to help out right away. And I think this week he needs to do that against Josh Norman. Josh Norman's a very good cornerback, but Alshon's supposed to be a very good receiver. This isn't last year where we're talking about Doriel Green-Beckham and Nelson Aguilar right. and those guys, and you say, okay, well, it's Josh Norman. No, this is Alshon. If, everyone, if he's supposed to be as good as everyone says he is, this is a matchup he has to win, and he has to help this offense move the ball. And as you mentioned, if he can do that, or if he can at least – you know, if the Redskins do kind of shadow Alshon, I think the rest of this uh, Redskins secondary is is very much up 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 for taking, and I think the Eagles receivers might actually have the edge against the rest of that secondary. No, I agree, and I think that what's going to really benefit the Eagles, and we've talked about this a lot, or at least I have, I think that deep threat of Torrey Smith is going to really help out this team, and I know that you're not as high on Torrey Smith as I am, but Bashad Breeland, the Redskins' other cornerback, is not very good. I agree. And the one concern you had about Torrey Smith after he signed here was, does he still have the speed? Does he Mm. still have his legs? And we saw in that Dolphin game, we saw all through spring, all through training camp, he still has that game-breaking speed. And if you can use him on the outside, and we saw it last night with Alex Smith to Tariq Hill and one of the deep balls that Tom Brady threw in the second half – you get a couple of those explosive big plays down the field, it can swing the momentum of a football game, not only pretty quickly, but it also opens up some space underneath for your running game to operate, for your tight end with Zach Ertz to, you know, you know, have some opportunities underneath, for Nelson Aguilar to have some space to operate. So I, I give a slight edge to the Eagles here. A, because I think that Alshon is going to win that matchup against Josh Norman, and B, because I think there's a chance Torrey Smith could have four or five catches for 112 yards and a touchdown. So I'm going to give the slight edge to the Redskins secondary, just because a lot of the same reasons I'm giving the edge to the Redskins offensive line versus the Eagles defensive line. With the Eagles receivers, I just need to see it. Everyone's telling me Alshon is this great number one receiver. Let's see it. Let's see him go on the road, win his matchup versus Josh Norman, Torrey Smith has had a very good preseason, but I need to see him be better than he was last year with the Niners. And Aguilar is the ultimate have-to-see-it guy. Because, no doubt. Look, I mean, this should be a big a big week for him. The Redskins secondary outside of Josh Norman is not good. Their nickel cornerback is not that good. So let's see, let's see Aguilar go out and win it. I think the Eagles receivers are a better unit than the Redskins defense, the Redskins defensive backs and their secondary. But I'm going to have to give the slight edge 
to Josh Norman at this point just because I need to see the other Eagles receivers step up right. and help. I need to see Alshon win that. So, all right, so you're going with the Eagles receivers there. I'm going with the Redskins secondary. All right, well, I think it's time just to talk in general. Let's make a pick. Yep. What, what are you feeling kind of overall Eagles versus Redskins and who, who do you pick? Yeah, I wrote this on the site this morning, Elliot, that I think that this is – a really bad spot for the Eagles Very opening bad. on the road in a building where they haven't won six, since week one of 2013 against a quarterback that has had their number. We've talked about it all through the podcast. We've written about it all week. Kirk Cousins has this team's number. I think that you look at the secondary for the Eagles, a lot of moving parts. It's it's a daunting task to have them come together week one against that receiving core. Carson Wentz in the offense, I think it's going to be some growing pains. There's going to be a learning curve for him getting his timing down with Jeffrey and Smith. I don't think the Eagles get blown out. I, I think this is the type of the game that could hinge on a late turnover in the fourth quarter, and I have the Redskins winning 26-24. to 24. I agree. Look, when the schedule first came out, one of the first things I said was, this is it's a loss. It's just it's a very tough spot because a couple reasons. One, the main help the Eagles got in, in the secondary was Ronald Darby. Main help they got at receiver position was Alshon. There's just a lot of new pieces, and I think the Eagles are going to come out slow out of the gate. Now, I started the podcast by saying I think they're going to win the division. So I don't think the Eagles, if they lose this game, the season is over. I think they're actually going to start 1-3 and three and rebound. But I just think this is a, a terrible spot for them. They struggled on the road last year. They especially struggled against the Redskins. They struggled against Kirk Cousins. The The Redskins receivers are taller and more physical than the Eagles cornerbacks. And then you have Josh Norman against Alshon. So you already have an elite cornerback on the other side to match up with Alshon. So, look, is this a game the Eagles can win? Absolutely. But I can't. I don't pick them. I don't think they're going to win. I'm picking the Redskins 24-21. to 21. I think it's going to be a close game, but at the end of the day, it's just I'm not ready to pick this team to go on the road and win yet. So we both have the Eagles starting out 0-1. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see what reaction is. And we both had them starting 1-3. and three. Just yeah. different ways of getting there. <laughs> yeah, different but ways yeah. of getting there, yeah. So I think it's going to be a slow start out of the gate for this team. But at the end of the day, I think good things are coming for them, just not this Sunday. So it'll be very interesting to see how this game plays out. We're going to have a podcast for you right after the game with our immediate reaction, what we think. Um, so make sure you guys subscribe. As I said at the top, you can subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spreaker. Leave us those five-stars reviews. We love to read them. We love to get them. All right, Matt, the game is here. I will talk to you on Sunday. Should be fun. See you at FedEx. FedEx.